0: This call is being recorded. Hello and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have as our guest today, Mr. Jim Lochran who is the author of 50 ways to love wine more. And there's also a second book, A Beer Drinker's Guide to Knowing and Enjoying Fine Wine. So both of these are gonna be informative. Let's go ahead and get right to it, Jim, are you there? Uh, Good morning, John, I certainly am. Well, glad to have you. you have a, a topic that uh, I think that, that people enjoy both listening to and, and sipping, uh, I guess, if that's what they're doing.
1: <laughs>
0: well, it could be
1: early, but I guess it's, uh, we'll, we'll go <laughs> with the old saw it's five o'clock somewhere.
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh, in London, I think is where they are.
1: <laughs> Although it's, it's quite interesting as a, as um, a, as a, as a wine professional, uh we often do tastings in the morning. Ten o'clock is a favored time because your palate is just a little sharper at that time of day. So it's not unusual in a in a big uh trade show uh to be doing a lot of tasting even before noon. So I guess the five o'clock thing may or may not apply.
0: Well, I I I think you're probably right. I have heard of that before. And and some people that I talk to about it like it, and some of them don't. They just say, hey, it's too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, my taste buds are still asleep. There you go. Uh, <laughs> how do you get a certification? How do you get a license to do what you do?
1: Uh, boy, you know, you really don't need to have a license of any sort or even credentials Uh, it's one of the things that a lot of people just kind of pick up on their own their interest in wine is stimulated uh, interestingly in most cases by the experience of having a wine that really affected them Uh, and so many folks will just uh, research learn a little bit more about wine explore a little bit more and decide that's a field that they want to move into. And uh, there are so many folks who were in some other line of work or some other occupation who uh, had what I refer to as the veen epiphany. Uh, they had a magnificent wine somewhere at a dinner or at home, and uh, it just kind of rocked their world. And, uh, really uh, instigated a search for uh more and more knowledge about wine if you choose to go with the credentialed uh, side of things uh which i have done to some degree uh there are really three major avenues uh one is as a sommelier which is really a fancy word for the wine steward in a restaurant, Uh, sommelier is the person who uh, ultimately orders the wine for the restaurant, writes the, uh, in many cases, writes the wine list for the restaurant, and then works the floor, helping diners uh, match their wine choices to the food that they're having and uh, there was a whole organization of uh, sommeliers, the court, in fact, of master sommeliers, and after three or four levels uh, of increasing difficulty and uh, demanding more and more knowledge, one can become a master sommelier, which is considered to be a, a pretty impressive credential in the wine world. Mm-hmm. Uh, less restaurant-focused, is a master of wine. Uh, This really is something that requires a great deal of study and, again, multiple levels to get to it. Uh, Master of Wine Organization is based in England and London. And uh, I think uh, I'm I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I think there are only something like 200 perhaps 250 uh, masters of wine in the world and uh, they undergo some quite rigorous examinations and they really know their stuff. Uh, The third level is as an educator uh, credentialing uh, process that's run by the Society of Wine Educators again, multiple steps and uh, culminating in a certified wine educator, which is a credential that I hold. And in all of these, uh, you usually are ultimately subjected to an exam, uh, a written exam that includes uh, a series of multiple choice questions, but also those nasty essay questions we all dreaded in school. Uh, where you've really got to show that you know what you're talking about. They won't and go then away. It ta- they? No, they won't. It's, uh, you, <laughs> you can try and try, but you just can't shake them. Uh, and then in addition to the, uh, the written exams, they all include a tasting exam as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have to be able to taste wine and identify uh, at least the characteristics of the wine and uh, just demonstrate that you you have a very broad and hopefully deep knowledge of wine, uh, although you may be coming at it from one perspective versus another. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you do enjoy wine and and you are making it your life's work or your uh, it's it's an avocation that may become a vocation, then uh, that additional study can be uh, pretty good. I mean it's we we say study with a moan, but if you're studying something you love then it's pretty exciting.
0: Right. Whatever
1: that right. may be. You know, if you want to if you're a backyard mechanic and you get a chance to uh to really learn how to use the latest computer diagnostic equipment and and find out how to work under the hood on a Mercedes uh, or a Rolls-Royce, uh, you know, that's pretty interesting stuff.
0: Mhm. Mhm. When I was in college, a long time ago, I uh, decided that I was going to take botany instead of some other form of biology. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I was surprised to find out at towards the end of the course was that we were we had to make our own wine. <laughs> great and, and that was great it was uh, it was pretty good. I was kind of surprised, and uh, of course, at that time, I was probably concentrating more on the alcohol content. Versus uh, what it's doing to my taste buds. Um, right, right. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt's right. I, uh, you know, so many people, if, if you ask them about wine, um, and they'll say, some say, well say not all, but some will say uh, all reds taste alike, or all whites taste alike. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that's so far from the truth. Obviously, they haven't been out and about. Uh, with some people that order something beyond one bottle of this and one bottle of that sure yeah that 's that 's just a matter of experience uh it it's
1: normal uh those folks, if they have any lingering interest in wine, just need to do a little more homework, uh which in the wine world means drinking more uh so it 's not a terrible thing, but think about it, if you had never really been particularly familiar with coffee and you sat down and tried coffee from kenya and coffee from Colombia and coffee from uh ethiopia and coffee from somewhere else they would all taste the same to you you know or if you had a cup of tea and you'd never had tea before that was an experience that you, you weren't familiar with it would be easy to say oh they all taste the same so I... it, it it's really just kind of a knee jerk response uh which indicates that you haven't had enough experience to really begin to discern the differences uh and the unique characteristic of wine and uh of course there are many unique characteristics to wine you know when we consider there are probably 10,000 varieties of grapes in the world Mm. Uh, most of which can be made into wine. Uh, The one particular uh, genus that is most commonly made into wine is what's called Vetus vinifera. Um, And they vary greatly in color, in flavor, in intensity, in texture. Uh, So if someone has an interest I really encourage them to explore, you know, don't buy the same old bottle all the time. You know, every time you go to the store, don't, don't pick up a bottle of wine. Like it's another grocery item, you know, like it's a roll of paper towels. And I've seen folks who do that, you know, they'll go down, let's say in a supermarket, some of which have rather impressive wine selections, quite honestly. Uh, They'll, wheel their cart down the aisle in the supermarket and you can see they've got the list in hand and they're they'll grab a, a box of this or a package of that and check it off the list and they get to the wine aisle and they'll look all around and they're looking for a very particular bottle and they'll they'll find it and they'll grab that particular bottle and, and it's usually a jug a large format bottle of something and they'll put that in their cart and check that off and go on uh really not the not the best way to to shop for wine if you want to learn more about it
0: right
1: you know if you if you enjoy the flavors and you enjoy the taste uh realize that there are thousands of variations and uh you are you're really confining yourself to one tiny aspect of uh of what wine holds and if you will just step outside your comfort zone a little bit uh just try something a little different uh you might be
0: amazed at uh at the result i i would imagine they're all so surprised uh because mm-hmm. they have this this belief and, and now it's just changed um I know in the, in the stores now, grocery stores are, are pretty much uh, wine cellars, uh, large wine cellars. Mm-hmm. That that when you go in there, uh, you're usually looking, If it, take Reds, for instance. You're usually looking at the same old Merlot or the same old Cab. Uh, right. You know, it's just, it doesn't seem to ever change. Mm-hmm. And one way that, you know, I discovered to kind of do something different is I'll look for the red blends. And mm-hmm. those, those red blends are outstanding. Uh, well, they are and, and, California and, red blends. And, mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. Wines are, and, and grape varieties are blended all over the world and uh, they can really uh, create some, some new and different flavors. I'll tell you, there's two other ways that I think are, are, are great approaches to take to, break out of that same old cab or same old Merlot uh, or same old Pinot Grigio or whatever it is that you're drinking on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first is to ask someone in a good wine shop, this is probably not going to work so well in the grocery store, but in a good wine shop, ask someone's advice. These people work in wine shops because they love wine. And uh, in most cases, they know a lot about it, and they certainly know what their inventory is all about. So if you go into a good wine shop, and uh, you get uh, the clerk or the owner, whoever it may be, and say, look, I normally drink XYZ Merlot, and quite frankly, I'd like to try something different. Uh, you know, that appeals to me, but I feel like I'm getting in a rut. And I don't care if it's Merlot necessarily. I probably want to stay uh, with a red wine. And I may even want to stay in the same price range. Uh, But what else is there that you might uh, recommend? And you'd be amazed. I mean, they will come up with all kinds of wonderful things. So it may not be Merlot, or it may be a Merlot from Italy instead of from California. Uh, It may be... Uh, a garnacha from Spain. It may be uh, any number of wines that are kind of similar, uh, and yet are enough different that you'll notice it immediately once you start tasting it. Now, right. the other the other thing, the other approach it is a little more social. And boy, thank goodness uh, we can all start to be a little more social this year than we were last year. Uh, if you have a group of friends or a handful of friends or a friend, whatever whatever your circumstance is, mm-hmm. uh, who also enjoy wine, get together and and do a blind tasting. So mm-hmm. say to them, for instance, "Look, today we're going to taste uh, I'd, I'd like to taste some big red wine." So I'd like you all to come. We're going to make some food and have a little, you know, get together. But I'd I'd love to have you all bring a bottle of red wine. Uh, Just don't bring XYZ Merlot, which I always drink. Anything else. And it can be a Cab or it could be a Merlot or it could be a Brunello or it could be, you know, whatever. Uh, Just bring a bottle. It's probably going to be something you've never tried before as well. And uh, bring it and and put it in a bag and tape the bag shut so that we can't tell what it is. Mm-hmm. And then just get your friends together and you'll have six or eight bottles of wine out there on the table and uh, open them all up and just start tasting and comparing and talking about them. Uh, a wonderful way to discover things uh particularly if you've got some creative friends who will uh you know try to try to pack the deck if you will
0: right uh,
1: bringing in something that you uh, a ringer that you just didn't expect
0: right
1: but uh it's wonderful because it encourages camaraderie and sharing and that is such a such a beautiful part of the whole world of wine you know a real wine wine geeks, if I can use the term, don't really like drinking alone. You know, they prefer to drink with other people who appreciate wine. It's really a gift to be shared. And people, the more people are into wine, the more they understand this. So if you can have some friends over to, uh, you know, to your home, and you can share a half a dozen bottles of wine, and you can discuss them, and end up Who knows? Maybe you'll end up saying, oh, my goodness, you know, I love this bobal from Argentina. i would never even heard of such a thing. I don't even know what they make in Argentina. I've never even heard of the grape variety bobal, but it's beautiful. It's lovely stuff. Uh, I'm going to look for this in the store. So you Mm -hmm. have just expanded your own knowledge base. Uh, You've given yourself a sensual pleasure by introducing a whole new flavor to your, to your own palate, and you've hosted this wonderful gathering of friends who hopefully have had a similar experience. So it, it's really quite a nice thing to do.
0: I was looking at your, your question list, and uh, one, of the, one of the items reminded me of, uh, I guess it, was, it goes down in history, and mm-hmm. the question is, do you really have to drink white wine with fish? And I believe that, <laughs> that I was given that rule in watching Sean Connery in from Russia with love. <laughs> and and he'd ordered, he ordered, he, he called out the guy uh, that was eating what that, you know, it would just, you got to drink white wine. Right, and right. And of course, of course, I believe that until my, until my Jack Daniel days ended and decided mm-hmm. that uh, I would have uh, more wine more more often. And that's when I learned uh, it doesn't matter. If you, like, well, it, you it really, like
1: it, Yeah, it really doesn't matter. Uh, I think in, in pairing food and wine of any sort, the first thing is to make sure that it's a wine that you like. You know, just because some wine snob on TV or writing a magazine article or whatever says, gee, you really ought to have Uh, this particular wine with this particular dish, and if you don't, you're just not in the know. Uh, You know, who who really cares what that person has to say? Uh, You know, they're they're not drinking it with your palate. Uh, And your palate is the one that matters. Uh, And and don't ever let a wine expert, quote unquote, uh, try to convince you otherwise. Uh, But as far as Uh, You know, just the the practicality of white wine and fish. A lot of fish is very light in in flavor. Uh, You know, it's mild and it often pairs nicely with a mild, lighter, uh, less assertive wine, which is usually Mm -hmm. a white wine. Right. But I remember once being... Uh, at a dinner and uh, this was a lovely uh, couple Uh, they were of French uh, descent and he was a chevalier de Tessuban which is a a fairly uh, high level Burgundian wine society and uh, she had made this beautiful salmon, this big salmon and uh, it was covered with a a, a sauce that was kind of cream and tomato and leek sauce. Hmm. Just a beautiful looking thing. Mm-hmm. And so here is this guy, and he pulls out, to drink with this, a Chateau Chateauneuf de Pop, which is a big red wine from France. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of startled. I figured being a Burgundian, he'd pull out a white Burgundy. Uh, but he pulled out this uh, beautiful wine, a big, bold red wine, and we had it with that fish, and it was marvelous. Uh, Just a fabulous uh, pairing, in part because the fish is oily and a hearty, rich fish, in part because a cream sauce full of leeks and tomatoes gave it an additional substance and an additional richness, uh, but also in part because he wasn't restricted by the common wisdom that you have to drink white wine with fish. Right. And I asked right. him where he'd come up with this pairing and he said, well, actually in France. <laughs> he said <laughs> I was, you know, he was introduced to the pairing by uh, some people in France in the Rhone Valley. When he mm-hmm. was there and they had made this same dish and then they served this big red wine with it and he was kind of amazed and he said it was just fabulous and we've enjoyed it this way ever since. So uh, let experience be your guide more than platitudes, I guess.
0: Right. And, and one good motivation is, you know, get some experience. That's, that'll be fun. You'll and, enjoy it. And you're, you're going to ask yourself why you waited so long to do it.
1: Well, you are. That's that's a really good point, John. You're going to ask why you waited so long to do it. As with many things that are that are worthwhile, uh, mm-hmm. once you finally get around to them, you say, "Boy, I should have started this ten years ago or twenty years right. ago, whatever the case yeah. may be." And yeah. uh, I think the appreciation of wine uh, is is certainly in that
0: category. Mm-hmm. Jim, would you uh, be kind enough to? have my listeners uh, find where you can be found, uh, either uh, websites or uh, whatever you use to uh, sell books. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, Well, if they want to go
1: to uh, my website, which is very simply JimLoughran.com and that's Loughran, L-A-U-G-H-R-E-N. They can find out more about Uh, wine in general and about my books and in fact uh, they can also if they wish to sign up for newsletter get a free wine aroma wheel which is a great teaching and learning tool uh, to identify particular characteristics of wine Uh, if they're interested in the books uh, 50 ways to love wine more is uh, my most Well, it's actually not my most recent book, but it's uh, my most recent print book. And uh, it can be uh, found at uh, Amazon.com or at bookshop.org. And the nice thing about bookshop.org is that you can then, you can kind of assign the sale to one of your local independent booksellers, which is a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other book, uh, Beer Drinker's Guide to Knowing and Enjoying Fine Wine, is available at Amazon. And then I also have a a two book series, uh, which just beginning actually, called the 15 Minute Guides. And one is the 15 Minute Guide to Red Wine. One is the 15 Minute Guide to White Wine. Uh, it's amazing what you can pack into a 15- or 20-minute read if you're really interested in the subject. Mm-hmm. And these are short e-books that are available uh, at the Kindle store at Amazon. So uh, 50 Ways to Love Wine More is probably the most complete comprehensive uh, guide to appreciating wine, uh, understanding that that the... Uh, the wonder of wine really resides in your heart and not in your head. Uh, It's not a textbook. It's not filled with formulas and, and calculations. It's really about experiencing wine and understanding it from many different aspects. And so, uh, yeah, I, I hope people, uh, pick up a copy and I hope they enjoy it.
0: Well, Jim, thank you very much. And, uh, uh, joining us today, it's been uh, it's always a good read or a good listen, I should say, in terms of the subject uh, for me, and I'm glad that you were able to take the time to uh, educate uh, my my listeners. Thank you. Well,
1: well, thank you, John. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak with your listeners.
0: And I uh, want to thank my listeners for tuning in to searching for integrity. And we end with so long and happy trails to all.